sure you guys read that all the time. So here we go. This is what they said. A series of fossilized wood samples that conventionally have been dated according to their host strata to be from the tertiary to Permian years, that's 40 to 250 million years old, all yielded significant detectable levels of carbon-14 that would conventionally equate to only 30 to 40,000 years or ages for the original trees. Okay, there's, you... a, there's the problem right there. 40,000 is the outer limit for most radiocarbon, which means he's dating a bunch of dead trees that don't have any radiocarbon left, so there's no point in using it in the first place. Right. Uh, why would you use radiocarbon to date trees that old? Are, yeah. are those the ones, anyone know, are those the ones that had like groundwater running through it or something, and so they were basically... I'm not sure. There's a one that Ken Ham uses in Australia all the time where he has volcanic ash of 45 million that encases these trees, which then a geologist would say, okay, don't bother with radiocarbon because they're too old for radiocarbon. But of course, then they do radiocarbon on them. And naturally, they're radiocarbon dead. They're way older than 40K, but they, they, that's the age of them. And that's only the age that they stop ticking. Dr. Prothero, oh. I'm so glad you were able to join us. <laughs> yeah. He's describing, I'm not sure which one that is. It's probably a similar case. Okay, continuing. What was assumed to be 40 million to 250 million years old is actually 30,000 years old. That's not. Wait a minute. Doesn't he not believe in radiocarbon dating anyway? So why is he why does why right. does he believe in it when it's convenient for him? He said he doesn't believe in it. That's right. He not only that, I thought he said the Earth is only 6,000 years old. So how is he able to accept that these dates are in the 30 million range? So what? what? What I have found in, in meeting with <laughs> people in, in person is that they many cases, not everybody for sure, but in many cases, the person I'm talking with knows that what they make believe is not really true. Mm. They know that it's not, but they want to make believe it anyway. And it's not just my assumption that they, because I've had a number of people, a number of people ad admit to me. Why does it have to be true before I can believe it? Why can't I just make myself believe it until I believe it, and then then it's good as as, as it is as good as real? Uh, one person put it as these may be what the facts are, but I prefer to believe this. Other people tend to phrase it as make it to or fake it till you make it. Just keep telling yourself it's Jesus until you believe it. Yeah, it's Jesus. It's all pretend. It's make-believe. It's just like the whole flat earth movement. It's oh. convincing yourself of things that you know are not real and can't be, but you want to make-believe it anyway. Yeah. That. If you're that far off, why are we even talking? Like, if you, if you, if your numbers are millions off, like, hey, how much is a Honda? Oh, 16000 for that car today. Oh, okay, that's great. You come back to, hey, I want to buy the Honda for 16000 Oh, did I say I'm sorry. I meant 232000 you like, what? Uh, I'm sorry, I meant 1.3 million. No, okay, this is just, are you playing a game with me? These aren't even real numbers. You're just throwing a Who the hell's selling a Honda for a million bucks? <laughs> well, he has strange, strange taste in cars, but I, I don't want to get into that. And he, he also said that in a piece of analogies, too. <laughs> he, <laughs> thinks, he thinks that Teslas run on engines. Oh, you know, I don't know what kind of engine he thinks they use, but it, but it, it doesn't matter. Oh. Continuing. Numbers are that far off. How can you even call that calculating? When you're 40 million off. I think it's time to admit that carbon dating is not the way we should be counting our, our layers. 
Well, what about when you think that the Earth is 6,000 years old, but we have like 25 different ways of proving that it's billions of years old? And yeah. every method, every single method proves that it's beyond 6,000. And the only, only thing that implies that it even could be less than 6,000 is one crackpot asshole from the Middle Ages who didn't know how to do math. <laughs> We don't even we don't even need radiometric dating. I mean, we covered this with the coral and the trees in, in a video I worked with you on. That's yeah. true. And that's in the, that's in the eight part. Uh, you know uh, how various sciences disproved Noah's flood theory. Uh, anyway, continuing. Uh, there are layers of the Earth. They're not as clean as you see in the little textbooks because of the massive flood made layers throw on top of other layers, and so it's all twisted. But the truth is, is that there are layers. I still trust the dating of the layers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, never looked at any real layers anywhere. <laughs> Clearly. I'm sorry, give me that again. I said he's obviously never actually looked at the real layers of the earth. He's just looking at cartoons again. That is, that is correct. He's clearly not actually studied anything. But the thing that annoys me most is, is how often he refers to himself as if he's part of the research. When he says that it's amazing what we can do. Yeah. And what we discovered. You know, I think, I, and I want to be very hesitant when I include myself in we, but I actually do some degree of research, and so I I can actually include myself in the we to a tiny degree. But I'm still wary that I that I come off sounding like this guy. Mm -hmm. He has no idea what he's talking about, and I know I I know much less than a lot of people think I do. I'm constantly on a learning curve. That's the way I want to be. And so I have to admit what I don't know, where he doesn't. His job is to pretend that he knows things he absolutely doesn't. Yeah. Continue. He thinks he does. Would you write this down? So if you keep up, if you keep up, the number one is through the study of biodiversity, it has been proven over and over again that life systems function together, which requires a master planner. Number two. No, it doesn't. I didn't say it. The Bible confirms the existence and extinction of dinosaurs in the book of Job. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And number three. An old earth is required for evolution theory to be considered probable. Carbon dating is the biggest argument for an old earth. Carbon dating no, is wrong. No. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Keep going, keep going. Let him finish. Let him finish the thought before we critique him. Otherwise, we're never going to get to the, the good stuff. <laughs> the good yeah. stuff at the end. Are kind of what I call half scientists, half theologians, means they, they want to believe the evolutionary theory. So trying to make the Bible fit into that, which is kind of funny because I think we should actually maybe make them. We want to believe the evolution theory. That's the only reason we're doing this is because it's a just so story and we just want to believe. What do we want to believe and why would we want to believe that? I Projection. want to believe that I can fly. If I, if I could believe whatever I want to believe, I'd be a fucking Jedi Knight. <laughs> I will join you. <laughs> You're already a mermaid. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> Continuing. Which you fit into the Bible, but however you approach it, they don't really fit together. But some theologians said, hold on, wait a minute. In Genesis, it says God created the first day, this and that. God created the second day, then the third day. But the word day in the original Hebrew language, yom is the original word, and that could mean day as in today, or could mean day as in back in the. No, day. that's wrong. The Hebrew's wrong there. <laughs> Really? How would you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty Hebrew, yes. Or I used to. I'm pretty rusty now. 
<laughs> okay, well, I, I'm, I, at least you don't have to speak from you know, speak to people from Israel two thousand years ago, so it doesn't it doesn't really matter anymore. Continuing. In the day, like I might say, man, back in my high school days, according to my kids, that was hundreds of years ago. <coughs> quite that long, but if I refer back, that could be in my case, twenty five years ago, thirty years ago, right? But in many people, they would say, well. Day could mean 24 hours in, or it could mean, in our English language, back in the, you know, the uh, old Western days, back in the beginning of America days, right? So you can see how the word has some movement. So what if, Pastor, the word day represents thousands or even millions of years, and therefore evolution can still work with the Bible? Here's the problem with that. Okay, one of the the problems is that... um we know from previous mythology that is much older than the, the version of Genesis that appears in the Bible, that there's a number of generations in the storytelling, like with the Numa Elish, when they have the six generations of gods and the sixth generation created man so that the seventh divine generation could rest. And so it's just storytelling in increments. And so it didn't have to be a day. They just arbitrarily chose a day to represent that generation or that sequence of events. Nice. One, three, and one, eight. Check it out. It says this. It says, an, an evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. That's in verse three. Verse eight says, an evening passed and morning came, marking the second day. Now, if day meant lots and lots and lots of days, and shouldn't it have said, and many evenings passed and many mornings came, and then that day was passed? doesn't say that. No, that's not what the Hebrew says anyway, so. What does it say? Well, it's all metaphorical, and it's all using a very different concept of day than he's talking about here. And, of course, the fact it's all stitched together from multiple sources uh, means you have lots of stuff missing and lots of stuff that isn't representative. So, I do hope that somebody that knows uh, Bill or has listened to Bill will respond positively or negatively. I don't care. And I'm <laughs> open to public discourse on the matter since Bill Cornelius, for whatever, is obviously hesitant or shall we say timid to discuss this with me directly continuing one morning day one one evening one morning day two which means i believe in the literal interpretation of scripture that one day shocking as this may sound is one day and i believe my dick is bigger than yours so what it doesn't matter what you believe it matters what you can show yeah and the bigger problem there, of course, is the sun and the moon are not yet created on day one. Right. So how do you know when it's day one or not? <laughs> <laughs> but what was the reason that the sun and the moon were created? So that we could tell the, the sequence of days? Yeah. And they're in the wrong <laughs> <Maybe>. order. <laughs> Continuing. <sighs> that is a 24-hour period of time. And I believe that the carbon dating that people are using to try to prove otherwise is actually false. It doesn't add up. And for those of you who aren't quite convinced yet, hang with me. I think this next thing uh, could convince you. And that is Here it goes. the rapid well, erosion of the earth is too quick. What? Allow for the plausibility of an earth that is billions of years old, which is the required ingredient for evolution to be plausible. This is based upon simple science of oceanography and geology. Did you know right now that California is losing nine feet a year? Uh, no, it's not. I'm, no. no. Real quick, just, inter- just real quick go, interjection. Oh, go ahead. Mind. We'll go. We'll go. I'll just say, let him go. You just give him about a minute to finish this whole thing and let's talk about it. Otherwise, we're going to be just stopping and laughing every five seconds. Believe me. I have one word, and that word is deposition. All right. I'm, yeah. Thank Bill, you. Bill has seen this video before, so I'm going to wait till Bill says stop. 
literally the state of California is getting smaller every year, not just because they have high taxes and people are moving to Texas. On top of that, the in, of course. California is literally shrinking by nine feet a year. Did you know that? So if scientists want us to believe that the earth is literally 350 million years old, which is a common number that you hear no. evolutionists say, oh no. yeah. Where does he come up with that number? 4.6 over an order of magnitude. So <laughs> he doesn't know the difference. Like I said, we're gonna stop if you don't let him go. Sorry. That's so you have enough time for evolution to happen. Well, last week we debunked the concept that time doesn't help things happen. Because if I took a bunch of engine parts, threw them in a room, didn't put them together, and said, just close the door and just give it enough time and they'll come together. Oh yeah. The, oh god, this the, argument. That argument. That's that's insane. Also, I mentioned this last week that non-living things have never turned into living things. There is not a single scientific example of that. Not even one, and they've been trying for decades. So every time he mentions that there is not even a single example, there are usually actually dozens of examples. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but in this case, he's talking about abiogenesis. And in the, right. in the previous video, in previous video, he he mentioned panspermia and then apologized to his audience because the word sperm is located <laughs> within panspermia. <laughs> yeah. And he that group, that's for sure. He also yes. mentioned the doctored video where uh, where where Ben Stein asks Richard Dawkins, you know, how would you describe an intelligent design creation of the universe? And and so Dawkins is by requirement of the question just oh. has to say how, how intelligent design could account for that. Well, the only way that intelligent design could account for that in 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 this kind of perspective would be as if it was it was aliens. And Daw Dawkins described. Given the parameters of the question, I have to describe it as if it was based on intelligent design, and there's no way that intelligent design could encompass this other than if it's aliens and then only for our perspective and honor our world. But the way that it was doctored, this idiot, Bill Cornelius, thought that that meant that, that, that Richard Dawkins believes that aliens created the universe. All right, go ahead. Our supreme overlords are octopi. <laughs> Continuing. Not one example of non-living matter combining and turning into living matter. Okay, and I forgot I forgot that I'm not bring this up. <laughs> Abiogenesis is actually a multi-stage event. And when Rudolf Virchow first coined this before uh, spontaneous generation was disproved, because this is a completely different and, and independent uh, concept. He realized that it had that, uh, that the development of life had to require a prior matrix, and that it would be a multi-stage process, and that we actually understand many of those stages now. About the only thing, the only thing left that we don't know is the formation of some, not all, but some of the organelles, because some of the organelles are also accounted for already. Yeah. So almost every aspect of the formation of life has been determined by a number of different processes, which have been verified in the lab. But what would this guy know about any of that? Yeah. Sorry, I, 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 I keep saying that I'm not going to interrupt, and then I do, so sorry. I will be right back. I don't care how much time you give it. There's no amount of time you can add to that. So again, this whole concept of we just need more time and then we can go from tadpole to man. It's just, it's absurd. It just doesn't, doesn't work. Well, let's play that game. Let's play the time game just, just for the sake of argument. For those who say, well, no, the earth is 350 million years old. Awesome. Why is America here? Because <laughs> that nine feet of erosion 
a year. We're not even talking about the other coast also eroding or the south coast also eroding because all level all of them are eroding. You know, you know what we have. But he doesn't realize it. That in what wasn't it, uh, Doctor Prothero? You probably know. If it wasn't it in in the Jurassic, I think it was that California actually crashed into the North American continent, creating the Rocky Mountain Range. Uh, the, you mean the like Sierras? Yeah, the, there are parts of California that came in during the Jurassic, and other parts that came in during the Cretaceous. The only part of California that's originally North American is the far eastern part of the Mojave Desert, which has rocks that go back to the Cambrian. But most of California wasn't here until the Jurassic Cretaceous. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Continuing. Here in Corpus Christi, it's called a seawall. Why? To stop the erosion. So if the Earth is 350 million years old, did you know that America, based upon nine feet of erosion a year, would have been underwater in 1.6 million years? Why are we here? <laughs> Bad math on top of bad math. And how that points to a God and, and that God Whoops. must have started off. I, I, I screwed up. I accidentally hit the wrong thing and it backed us to a different part of the video. Let me see Uh-oh. if I can correct that. We realized like twice, 18 or 19 or spare right through. <laughs> he's he's never heard of heard of uplift. He's never heard of uh, of uh, deposition. He's never heard of yeah. volcanic. I mean, anything that can add um, layers or add land mass to a continent, he's never heard of them before. Well, these people really love entropy. They think that the yeah. universe is, a, is, a, is an old-fashioned clock that was wound up. Yeah. And that if God doesn't rewind it, then, then it's a failure. I, I teach labs for a freshman um, geology, and any of my students who spent two hours on a plate tectonics lab know that this guy's an idiot and that he's wrong. So. <laughs> even I the was one, about to say. Okay, even so the ones this who don't guy, this we guy, were at about 22-something or 23, I think. This guy may be an idiot, but there are 10,000 people, yeah. according to his website, that are listening to him and who believe what he, he says and who pay him to lie to them. Yeah. That's scary. Okay, so I'm going to start this up again. I'm going to have to find where we were because I accidentally hit something wrong on my screen. My it was apologies. around 23, I think. Gotcha. Let me let me advance that a little bit. Around 23. Not be 350 million years old, or we would be one giant water world. Mm-hmm. Okay. No Earth left. So science just came against old science. And what you're experiencing today right now is called cognitive dissonance. This Somebody get him a freaking dictionary and a psychiatry book, please. <laughs> no, just put him on a couch with the psychiatrist. That's really what he needs. <laughs> that works too. Continuing. I'm having a hard time going with you here, Pastor, because. I've always heard that this is how old the earth was. And so I don't know if I agree with you. Yeah, here's what that no, is. No, I don't. You study education. Wait, if you study education, what? says this guy. <laughs> if the, the guy who's theology? never studied anything, not even his own book of fairy tales, he can't even get that right. And it's the only book he's ever read. Uh. Continuing, you would know that the hardest thing in the world to do is to unlearn something. Is it when you've been taught something a certain way, it's really hard to unlearn it. Yeah. 
There's another mm-hmm. bit of projection, and this is why he won't let me into his office with cameras. <laughs> the truth is, is that current erosion tells us evolution could not be possible. The truth is, is that evolution is a demonstrable, inescapable fact of population genetics. That's what the truth is. The truth is what is we can demonstrate to be true. The truth is not empty assertions from ignorant people who have no idea what they're talking about. And I'm going to stop interrupting. To I, I promise I'm going to stop interrupting. <laughs> Lies. None of us would be here. That many years would be underwater. There's just simply no answer to that. And so to me, I believe that is the death nail of evolution, which means... Nail? Nail? (laughs) (laughs) The game is up, guys. We've been defeated by a guy who doesn't even understand that there's not unlimited water. (laughs) I guess we're out of a job. Uh, This is the guy who learned his English without ever reading, so he doesn't know the difference between death nail and death nail. (laughs) Pastor Bill Cornelius, or anybody who ever res- once once upon a time until tonight respected Pastor Bill Cornelius, a a Nell K N E L L I believe, yeah. is is it, it refer- harkens back to the, the phrase you know ask not who for whom the bell tolls it's, the, it's supposed to be the funeral bell that's the death knell is yeah. the funeral bell. It's not a nail. It's not a nail in the coffin. You're getting your analogies confused. Yeah, it's a mixed metaphor. Yeah. Yep. Now I have Metallica stuck in my head. Is the God of the universe who created us, who put us in motion. Well, Pastor, how can you explain how we have this many layers in? Oh, that's easy. You ever built a sandcastle where you grab dirt and you pack it in to build a sandcastle? Yeah. You know, dirt, the reason why you have to have so many hundreds of years to get it to have layers is because we're, we're counting on man or no one else touching it ever, right? Because it couldn't be a God that touched it. But if you want layers rapidly, that's easy to do. Just go hire anyone you want. I mean, you go to our parking lot. That's layers. I don't know if you knew that. There's about three layers oh, out there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> another layer of it, another layer of it, another layer of it, and then you hardened it, and that's how we have a parking lot. And so they just, as long as you have someone messing with it, packing it in, you can do it pretty quick. Which uh, sounds just like the God who said that I hold the earth in my hand. That that means that in a supernatural way, he must have started in the beginning, Genesis 1, in the beginning, he created the heavens and the. This gets real creepy. You see, but how do you know? He's so that? proud of this. That's what bothers me. But with this little ball, you <laughs> can put a lot of love into creating you and me. That sounds exactly like what a God would do that created the universe just perfect for us. Even scientists call our planet the privileged planet. But not for this reason. <laughs> right. Accidentally, we can live here in perfect climate. But no other plants have that. Huh. It's almost like someone thought of it. It's almost Perfect. like in 78 billion light years that we that will kill us instantly if we ever get off the skin of this one mode of dust that it, the universe must have been designed for us. Perfect climate. <laughs> Not lately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try to continue. I I I have uh, you, 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 you me. I've, I've lied over and over again. I keep saying that I'm not going to interrupt, but I haven't seen this fucking video, and I keep getting triggered. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to continue. It's almost like there was a plan, but not I like it for you and me. Mm-hmm. Rapid erosion of the earth is just too quick to prove anything uh, else. Ariel Roth uh, put it this way: 
He says this, recent trends in geological thinking favoring major rapid changes or catastrophism uh, provide... What was that? It's pronounced catastrophism. <laughs> and, and who is Ariel Roth? Does anyone Ariel know? Ariel Roth is one of these creationists from the Seventh-day Adventist side. I uh, used to be at Loma Linda in California. I met him once. Okay. Continuing. With the biblical flood, the thousands of millions of years proposed for laying down of the fossil-bearing sedimentary layers of the earth raised a number of interesting questions that challenged the long geologic ages suggested by current scientific interpretations. Okay, that's a whole lot to say this. People are discovering that there's no way it could have gone really that long because the layers happen really fast through flooding. That's what he's basically saying. So I'm just trying to cut through all that scientific jargon. Then he says this. Think about the layers of the earth for a second, right? We've been told that these layers, oh, this layer represents 3 million years, and this layer is 10 million years, this layer, right? Here's the problem. When we get to those layers, when we start to get up these layers, guess what we find? We find a whole dinosaur just sitting there. No, we don't. But, then, <laughs> but, but that, he's saying that's what we find. That means he's a part of it, and none of you paleo people are involved. Yeah, and he's never collected a fossil in his life, I'm sure. <laughs> I wonder if he's ever even gotten his hands dusty picking up anything off the ground, let alone a fossil. Well, he got a callus from sweeping too much, and he said that was proof of evolution. No. What? They don't find any plants. How is a dinosaur supposed to be in this layer that represents a million years or more, and there's no plant life for it to eat? So he's saying that paleontologists, that would be y'all, have never found any plants in the same layers as dinosaurs. So I wore this necklace specifically for this point. This is amber. This is tree sap. This is this is a fossil that I am wearing of a plant. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, another example would be the famous Morrison Formation in the Rocky Mountains, which is where most of the big sauropods, including Brachiosaurus, come from. It's famous also for its plant fossils, of which right. it has many different kinds, especially these big stumps of cycadioids and things like that that are among the most common fossils found there. And so is the Hell Creek Formation. Can you guys yeah. see my screen share here? So yeah. uh, this is a, a beautiful fern fossil from the Hell Creek Formation. Uh, that's where, you know, Dr. Mary Schweitzer has done her research where they found a lot of the dinosaur soft tissue there. Uh, here's a few other assorted plant fossils from the, the Hell Creek Formation. Yeah. Um, full of dinosaurs, full of plants. Um, this one is from, this is from Alaska. This is the Cantwell formation right. uh, we recently found a lot of tracks up there had to sort various pieces in that um full of plants here's some other plants from that formation and uh, uh you know donald just mentioned the morrison formation which also this bill is talking about and um you know we don't find in certain parts that we don't find a lot of plants but but a lot of that is explained by um it we believe it was a savanna type of an uh, uh, environment. And, you know, things like bones are around long enough to be preserved, to get buried and be preserved in that type of an environment. But if and you've got seasonal drying out, if you've got drying out and, and uh, you know, real arid conditions for most of the year and that, plants just aren't going to survive on the surface long enough to get buried. So we don't see as many. Uh, we do see, like you said, certain examples of certain, there's conifers, there's um, uh, tree stumps, different things like that that we see a lot of but other plants we don't see preserved because of the type of environment it was so even um, when you say even when you say that you see you find relatively few you're still finding plants oh yeah 
And that's only yeah. when you're talking about the savanna environments, because you also find other more lush environments, obviously. I mean, how would we know about these cycads and so forth, these forests right. and the ferns and everything, and, and the horsetails that, that, yeah. that used to grow to be well, 100 feet And high. one of the things we find in the Morrison Formation are a lot of these termite mounds. Now, if, if this was all deposited in a flood at once, how do we get termites building mounds in the middle of it? Yeah. yeah. You know, think about that. And I think if we asked him, this would be the response we would get. Yeah. And uh, another example is the Petrite Forest in Arizona, the Chin Lee Formation, which is full of both dinosaurs and, of course, famous for its fossil wood. All right. And, and then there's the, the gray fossil site over in yeah. Tennessee that has <laughs> hundreds of different um, plant specimens that are being pulled out. Um, and not to mention the, the micro pollens that they pull out is so well preserved. Did anybody yeah, yeah, no idea what he's talking about. They have so many plant fossils that actually um, whatever chemicals they use to remove some of the clay is a concern of whether or not they might damage those because they're everywhere in the deposits mixed in with um, fossil mammals. And how did we know that there were sequoia forests across the entire North American continent? And how do we know that monkey puzzle trees used to be so so uh, predominant, where they, where they're now you know very very rare and only found in a couple of locations? Actually, for, you know, same with sequoia forests; they're only found in a couple of locations, but they used to be everywhere. Now we have the fossils. That's the answer. <sighs> Continuing, and well, by the way, we're we we are within ten minutes of the end of this. Yeah, right. I got to fix dinner for my family pretty soon. Let's hope we can finish this thing. How'd that dinosaur survive? If it was a million something years in that little time frame, but could it better be explained that maybe that was just a layer thrown on top of another layer real quick? No. And that maybe three layers down that didn't take millions of years would just happen really quick overnight because of maybe a big flood. No. no. The termites were turbo termites. Before it died. <laughs> These explanations are not complicated. You don't have to have a science degree to figure this out. Oh, yes, you do. You're an ignorant trailer trash piece of shit who doesn't know anything, and then you just make up your own answers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I did it again. So, you know where this guy is coming from? I, I, I was raised in the same culture as he was. I used to think that you know the person's wealth was, developed, was, was determined by how wide their trailer is. Double wide is for middle class. Triple wide is only for rich people. There's a yeah. triple wide trailer? <laughs> there is. Wow. Okay. With the Redwood deck. I'm, I'm glad. Be glad you didn't know that. <laughs> Continuing. Let me finish this quote. Animals require plants for food in order to survive. Yet in several of our important geologic formations, we find good evidence for the animals, but little or no evidence for the plants necessary to support the animals. The fossil assemblages found represent incomplete ecosystems. How did the animals survive for millions of years postulated for the deposition of these formations without adequate food? Now, let me give you three examples. Goes show back you. to the original point we were making that oh. most deposition environments are not suitable for both plant and animal preservation. Plant fossils tend to be formed in these very quiet water settings like coal swamps and, and stagnant lakes and places like that. That's the best place to get lots of plant fossils. And only rarely are those the good places for animal fossils, especially large bones. Large bones preserve better in more energetic settings. So it's, a, it's an issue of taponomy and it's very well understood. Outstanding. Continuing. He's on the screen so you can know this stuff is real. It's actual scientific discoveries. Here's the three examples of that. The first one. The Protoceratops dinosaur bearing layers in the Gobi Desert of Mongolia. It lacks plant life. 
So there's a dinosaur. It's in the desert deposit. It's not going to have plant fossils. <laughs> I'm sorry, say that again? It's made of sand dunes. You don't get fossil plants in those. <laughs> well, what is the explanation then? Because he's saying that dinosaurs existed without plants. Yeah, yeah, I, that's really weird. It's not consistent with anything he said before. <laughs> okay, continuing. <laughs> The Cocosino Sandstone of the Southwest United Cocino. States. This one's mine. This one's mine. Cocosino? Cocosino? Bill yeah, smash. Is... All right. All right. Here we go. Is that where okay. two people own the same gambling establishment? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, you know, my, my passion is human origins. I teach human origins. But my research is actually the Coconino Sandstone, not Cocosino, Coconino Sandstone uh, here in Arizona on the Mogollon Rim where I stumbled on these tracks a few years ago. I'm now up to 94 sets that I found. Hold on a uh, second. Are the ow. tracks that he's showing now are the ones that you yourself discovered? Yes, Outstanding. Your picture. Yeah, thanks. I, I've got nice. 94 sets. I mean, we're talking over a thousand tracks total. Some of the things where I call a set, like down here in the lower right hand corner, that slab is actually 10 feet by seven feet and contains over a hundred tracks. So yeah. um, I know a little bit about this. I've been researching it for about four <laughs> years now. I have a five year permit with the federal government to study it. So um, these are some of the types of animals we might find that left tracks in a desert environment. Lots of reptiles. Now, they don't really need plants to survive. There is some plant life, but they don't need much plants to survive. They're insectivores or carnivores, okay? There's plenty for the animals like that to eat. So people ask me all the time, little mammals, little mammals live in the desert. We had mammal-like reptiles back then, same type of thing. So um, people ask me all the time, how do these tracks get made? So I want to just take a second and kind of clear that up. You know, desert environments are not always dry. There are periods of... Uh, of, 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 you know, rain. Uh, they have interdunal type things like this where they might get small ponds, puddles form, things like that. There's also shoreline environments too. So, you know, animals you take advantage of the water when it's there. Um, sometimes we see them going uphill as they're leaving, you know, little puddles like this and that. Other times I've got, I've got animal tracks walking uphill, downhill, over dunes, over the tops of, uh, of, um, you know, ripples, you know, just all over the environment. But, you know, all it takes is, is an animal to leave a track like that for it to harden in the, the sand and then something like this to happen, a windstorm where the sand dunes shift and it blows over the top of that layer, creates a natural layer. Then along comes somebody like me, 270 million years later, you know, and we start busting apart these layers. Like this one was fresh. We actually fo followed some faded tracks up the sandstone, busted this open, did a little bit of cleaning, and voila, you can see the tracks right down here. That's the first time those tracks were exposed in 270 million years. Yeah. So that's how they form. That's how they're discovered. We don't need um, plants in the environment because it's a desert environment. We're talking about insectivores, carnivores. We're talking about shorelines a lot of times. Um, yeah, it's just not needed. And, and he knows nothing about the Coconino Sandstone. This, by the way, is the smallest track I ever found, one centimeter wide. Wow. And I try to ask creationists, how do we get a perfectly preserved track two millimeters deep and one centimeter wide in, in sandstone like this during a global flood? Okay. And this, and it, this is in layers that the, that the creations mm -hmm. have identified as different stages of the flood. Absolutely, the, yeah, right in the middle of the flood, right the, in the middle of the worldwide the flood. Wrong, the Coconino is in the wrong part of the flood as they detail it. 
Right. And usually the expression I get when I ask the creationist is something like this, like this guy would give us right there if we asked him. So um, <laughs> that's, that's all I had on that. But uh, I just wanted to share that part. It's not Cococino, it's Coconino. And yeah. he literally knows absolutely nothing about it. Well, I think we've established that. And we're very close to the end. So yeah. I'm going to try to continue. And thank you. I'm glad, Bill, that we got to the point that you wanted to talk about. And, I'm, and, and, and it's brilliant that he's showing your picture. Yeah, um, pretty much showing or, pictures of what I do the research on. Yep, continuing. Wow. Yet no fossil evidence of plants anywhere. You can tell me the plants live without, you can tell me the animals live without plants? Yes. Good luck. <laughs> How long can an animal go without food? I mean, my dog starts to in a couple hours. So How many plants your dog eat? <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is, is such a weird animal? argument anyway, because um, it's like, even if that's all the, even if there was the big flood, why the hell are there still no plant fall? Like, why aren't there any plants there then? Like, that means that even when the flood came through, there was no plant, so the animals would have had nothing to eat. That argument, not only is it really shooting themselves in the foot, it, it really does display, I think, what this guy keeps showing. It is a complete and total lack of understanding of the topics that he's trying to explain to other people. Well, the thing is, is he doesn't want to understand. He wants to believe. And so he and he wants to believe something that that on some level he has to know is not true. And the reason that I say that is because whenever I've made a the challenge to prove my position to these people, they run like cockroaches when the light comes on in the kitchen. They they they, they suddenly disappear. That's what happens when I say I can I can prove my point if you'll just accept the challenge. No, they don't. Boom. They don't want to know. They want to believe. I'm going to continue. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, these 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 animals live and thrive without plants. Not going to happen. Number three, the Morrison Foundation in the Western United States that has many fossils of dinosaurs. Formation. No life. What was that? Morrison Formation. He said foundation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also want to mention that you, now, now this guy lives in Corpus Christi, so he's he's very close to like a jungle sort of environment. I grew up in the Southwest desert. So, I mean, I, I spent a lot of my time living where, where Bill lives now. And I understand a desert environment, but I've, I've met a lot of people who've never been to the desert, who don't even realize that they're in a desert when they're in one, who, who have uh, misconceptions about what a desert is. It doesn't mean that it is devoid of plants. It means that the plants are maybe sparse, but you can have a thriving ecosphere in a desert environment. It still happens. Because uh, uh, people that I've talked to that didn't know necessarily what a desert is, they think that it's that it's all like Sahara sand dunes. You know, and anybody who lives in California or or you know, Nevada or New Mexico or Arizona understands what the hell a desert environment is. Continuing. In fossils, what did these behemoth dinosaurs eat? It is widely accepted that many of these dinosaurs would require eating over three and a half tons of vegetation a day. Yet there are no plant evidence anywhere. How they look? That doesn't make any sense, guys. Well, then I guess you must give up your fairy tale. The theory doesn't withstand the evidence. The evidence turns the theory on its head. The earth is not that old. I think there's layers that represent years, maybe hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years. I just don't think it represents millions of years. There's just not enough evidence for a balanced ecosystem 
that to be the case. You How are wrong, wrong, sir. What was that? You are you wrong, are. sir. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to the same problem. Okay. Do I need to continue or do you need to ex uh, expand? No, go ahead. Let's finish it so I can go get out of here. <laughs> Last conclusion is this. A more plausible scenario for these deposits or fossils is that they represent layers laid down rapidly during the biblical flood with the waters in the flood sorting the organisms into various deposits, the plants forming some of our huge coal deposits. That's from Ariel Roth. He's a paleontologist who wrote a book called In Six Days. No, he's a Seventh-day Adventist creationist and not a paleontologist, so... <laughs> So do we need to continue? The, the, I'm asking the people who have seen this video, is there any reason we need to go any further? Uh, I'll let everybody else decide on that. I, I'm trying to remember whether there was something right at the end or not. Um, All right. I'm, I'll, I'll continue um, for, for a little bit longer and see if we can get, get, get any more. Yeah. So far, I don't think there's any more science coming. I think it's all preaching coming. Yeah, that's what I suspect. Guys, the truth is, is that the evidence is all around us that God created the world. The world is not as old as we like to believe it is. And the only reason we believe it's old, well, the world has to be old. Why? So evolution can exist. All right. Fuck him. No. All right. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it gets any, I don't think he brings anything new to the table. I think you're right. I think he goes just into kind of preaching at the end there. You know, the thing that bothers mm -hmm. me, Aaron, you're from Texas. This guy's from Texas. Do you know, I mean, he has like a chain of mega churches, right? I mean, he does not just he one. Does. He has a chain of them. I mean, how many people does this guy reach? He he advertises ten thousand people. Now I can't imagine there being ten thousand people in his church, but I've seen Ray Comfort speaking in a church that I've I've been to myself that had a sanctuary with seventy five hundred seats. Jeez, yeah. Ray Comfort. Ray Comfort was paid a thousand dollars a minute to give a half hour speech in that church. Wow, Jesus! I think we just answered why a lot of these people do this. <laughs> yeah, but but I, I thought the the conspiracy was that we needed to to imagine somehow an old Earth so that, as Prothero put it. We could all get rich, which is why you are all stinking rich right now, yeah. right? No. I'm working no. at my age, yep. <laughs> Donald Prothero, you are one of the more famous paleontologists in the world right now. You're not, you're not stinking. You don't have 10,000 congregants? No, no. I'm still working my butt off, and I'm at 65 years old. I, I can't retire yet, so... And I'm looking at, we can all see your office. We can see your stacks of books and papers <laughs> where, 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 where uh, Pastor Bill Trailer Trash here uh, obviously has only ever read one book in his life and didn't understand that one. Yeah, and Not very well, anyway. He read two books. He read the Bible and Frank Turek's I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, which between those two... How yeah. could you blame him for being completely fucked up in his world? <laughs> well, and I bet most of his audience hasn't read a book in many, many, many years. So that's all. That's very sad. All right. I, I want to thank. I'm going to go ahead and close it out because I don't I don't see the, a reason can, to continue at all. But um, 
I want to thank everybody that was involved here. Danielle, I was, it, it was great fun being able to involve you in a, in a video for, uh, for the first time we've ever been able to do this. Uh, Nick, I appreciate good to you. And I do want to collaborate with you on a future project that I've got in mind. So we're going to talk in email after this bill. I always have fun when I'm in the same podcast with you and I, I was delighted to meet you and you gave an absolutely brilliant tour when I was in your museum and Donald, thank you so much for taking the time to be part of this broadcast. This has been a great deal of fun for me and you made it especially good. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I, I really do sincerely mean that and do appreciate it. Oh, I'm going right. to go ahead and close this out and we, we will be in touch with everybody else and anybody that, that wants to feedback. If you think you can defend Pastor Bill don't know nothing. Please <laughs> comment and and we'll we'll set something up because Bill was, as I said, hesitant to meet me. It would have been a polite meeting. It really would have been, but it would have been an on camera admission that a lot of not all, but just a handful of things, like a half a dozen things, he would have to have admitted that he that he got wrong. And we know that people in a in in his position can never admit when they've got key things wrong because their purpose, what they're paid to do, is to maintain a fantasy that they know is not really true. And by his own words, bring a bunch of people to heaven. Yeah, yeah. All right, does anybody want to say anything before we quit? Hey, Thank I just want to say um, I've done uh, about 12 videos now in the last three weeks on my channel. So if anybody hasn't checked it out, it's just Bill Ludlow. Um, CreationScienceFiction.com is my website. Got a blog there and links to the videos there, too. So uh, working hard to try to get the word out and along with Aaron kind of expose some of these charlatans. So. And if you need a printed resource, I know nobody works on books anymore, but I do. Uh, my book on evolution, which is now in a second edition, has almost all this stuff answered in if you read it. Awesome. Outstanding. All right, I'm going to close it up. Thank you, everyone, for who was involved, and thank you, everybody, who watched it.